Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Amen. Well, good morning, Living Water, to those who are here in person, as well as those watching us online. If I haven't had the the pleasure and the opportunity of meeting you before. My name is Sean Ogilvie, and I'm one of the pastors here at LWCC. I hope you're all doing well. I hope that everyone is safe and your families are safe as well. We've been, we've been in the middle of a series entitled... Okay, we're going to do it again. The name of a series entitled... Say what? Say what? And this is actually the the end of the series, so we're wrapping up the series today. Um, We've been looking at some of the common spiritual sayings or thoughts, and it's been a lot of fun, I think. Have you guys been enjoying the messages? Yeah? Awesome. Have you been getting something out of them? Hopefully, hopefully. If not, go back, watch them, because I promise you that God can speak to and through anything. Thank you so man. What an awesome team. I ran up here quick and forgot my water. Sorry, excuse me. All right, so, whew, it's not our focus today, but I have another saying. I've been hearing this for my entire life, for all 29 years that I've been on this planet. What? <laughs> Whoa, it's got hot in here. <laughs> For all of my life that I've been on this planet, I've been hearing this. You know, you can't steal too much when you kind of, you know, change your age a little bit. It's okay. I'm close. I'm close. 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 (laughs) She said, like, by 15 years. No, not that much. Come on. Come on. All right. But ever since I was a kid, I was hearing God works in mysterious ways. As a matter of fact, let me ask, show of hands, anyone who, who uses that, who uses that term or has said that term, I've said it myself, if my mom is watching in Canada, that's probably where I hear it the most, even to this day, she'll, she'll say, God works in mysterious ways, and I, and I understand the, the essence of what is being, is being said, but I want to share something with you today, um, and it's not what we're focused on, but I want to share that that statement isn't biblical. Okay, that statement is not in the Bible. It sounds like it probably could be, right? However, I think there's an issue with that statement. And I'm not trying to offend anyone, certainly not my mom. Love you, mom. Um, But the issue with that statement is that God is not, nor has he ever tried to act mysterious with us. When I think of the word mysterious, I think of words like being secretive or being shady God doesn't act that way with us. As as a matter of fact, it's quite the opposite. God wants us to know, and he wants us to understand as much as we possibly can. Amen? So God acting, working in mysterious ways is actually quite the opposite of what he does because he wants us to know what's going on. He wants to let us in on his plans. I think a more appropriate statement is, God works beyond our understanding and comprehension. But that doesn't 
have the same ring to it, you know? It doesn't roll off the tongue quite as nice as God works in mysterious ways. So anyway, you keep saying what you're saying, but I just have to make sure I brought a little bit of correction and alignment that that's not actually in the Bible, in case you thought it was. And I want to shout out Pastor Steve. I don't know where Pastor Steve is, probably um, out in the foyer attending to everyone, but I got to shout out Pastor Steve for, for the word that he brought last week. Who was here last week? Yeah? If you weren't here, you checked it out because I was loving, sorry, Miss Lena, but I was loving the New Yorkified breakdown of the scriptures. Yo, 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 Jesus! I don't know that guy. Oh, I love it. Say what? Oh, Pastor Steve, that was an awesome word. If you missed it, go check it out on our YouTube channel. We're going to shift gears a little bit today, and today's focus is on, on the ever-popular belief and saying, all roads lead to heaven, or, or that there's multiple paths to heaven. That's a touchy one. That's a touchy one for a lot of people. So before we go any further, I want to take a moment. I want to pray. Lord, I ask right now that you would, you were set, you would settle our minds, Father, that you would give us Ears to hear, Father, you would give us eyes to see what your spirit is saying to us. Father, I pray that you would, you would help me to be true and help me to be accurate to your word and to your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now before we continue, I think it's very important that we establish a good understanding and some good baselines, okay? I think it's important to make sure we're starting on the same page. First thing is, it is my belief that the Bible is to be referenced in its entirety with no exclusions or no changes for our convenience. Did you hear me? We can't overlook or change certain scriptures just because doing that would make it a little easier for us. That's not the way I interpret the Bible. It's not the way I think that we should look at the Bible. Another thing is, it's my belief that nothing in the Bible is there as fluff or extra. Every single word, every single period in the Bible, I believe is there, it's intentional, and it has a purpose. We may or may not understand or realize the purpose, but I believe it's all there intentional. There's nothing extra that's in the Bible. It's also my belief that the Bible is without error and it's without contradiction. In my opinion, the Bible must be looked at as either right or wrong. There's no middle ground. There's no gray area in the Bible. It's either right or it's wrong. And it's also my belief that the Bible is God's word and it is true. All of it. Amen? If you don't believe what I just said for yourself, I would strongly encourage you to go look into it for yourself. Go look into it for yourself. There are many, many books, many, many resources available in, in libraries, online, wherever you might go. Many of them where, where, where atheists have proven to set, they've set out to prove that the Bible is not credible, that it's not true, that it's faulted in some way. And I can tell you that to this day, none of them have been able to do that. None of them have been able to prove that the Bible is not accurate and true as it's written. 
But if you don't, again, don't take my word for it. I'm telling you what my beliefs are, what my convictions are. But if you don't have the same ones, check it out for yourself. Because the Bible is the foundation of, of, of the, is the word, right? It's the foundation of what we refer to, the scriptures that we go back to. So it's important to know that you believe it and believe it in its entirety, not just the, part that's, the parts that are convenient for you. Why I Believe. Go look for a book called Why I Believe. You can also look at The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel as well. A few minutes ago, I mentioned that God does not try to walk in secrecy, right? He's not, he's not acting shady. He's not walking mysteriously, but rather that he wants us to know and he wants us to understand as much as we are able to comprehend as humans. Some things in the Bible and some things and ways about God are definitely over our head. Maybe, we consider, maybe that's what we would consider mysterious. Some things are definitely over our head. But if we're honest with each other and we're honest with, with what we read in the, in the scriptures, there are some things that are pretty straightforward. There's some things that he, there's, no, there's no bait and switch. He's not trying to fool you. There's nothing that you don't have to have a, a, a doctorate to try to figure out what some of these scriptures are saying. They're pretty straightforward. Amen? We're going to touch on some of those today. For example, in John 14, Jesus said, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're, where, you, where you're going, so how can we know the way? And this one's a pretty popular one, right? Jesus says, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Many other passages affirm the exact same teaching. For example, Peter made this abundantly clear when he said, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. He's given no other name. And again, either the Bible is true or the Bible is lying. I believe the Bible is true, amen? In the book of Romans, Paul tells us, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If we, if we look at the, 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 the opposite implication of that, that would mean that if you don't call on the name of the Lord, you will not be saved, right? Is that a fair assessment based on the scripture? I don't want to put something there that's not there, so let's keep me honest here. There are much more straightforward and easy to understand teachings in the Bible. There's a lot of them. But despite some of these scriptures that are very, very clear, despite them being super, super crystal clear, many people still want to believe that all roads lead to heaven, that there's multiple paths to heaven. Why do you think that is? Why do you think people like that? gives them options, right? So some, some people, it may just be what they've been taught their whole, their whole life, right? There's certain religions that, that believe 
that there's different paths. Or it might just be, a, well, this religion says this and this religion says this, so clearly there must be different paths. Hmm, interesting. I also think that some people like this scripture, they, it's not the scripture, they like this statement because I think it, it gives them an easy way out. I think people, someone said options. I think people like the option of saying, wow, that seems hard, that seems easy, I'm going to believe that I have options here, and let's just kind of play out our life that way. So what am I going to do today? Today I'm going to tell you, I'm going to share with you six reasons why all roads don't lead to heaven. Six reasons why all roads don't lead to heaven. Everyone got their seatbelts on? Roller coaster is about to pull out. Checked your heights. I have a, I have a nine-year-old who always wants to like, am I tall enough? Am I tall enough? You're getting there. And he's a small nine-year-old too, so it's kind of like, ah. I love you, Shane. Anyway, <laughs> first and foremost, and then I have a 14-year-old who's like a giant. So when he was nine, he probably could go on the rise. Anyway, first and foremost, the supreme ruler of the universe says clearly that Jesus is the only way. That's the first on our list of why all roads don't lead to heaven. Scripture does not indicate any other way. It says clearly that faith in Christ is the only way to heaven. Period. Period. And as the creator of the universe, the supreme authority, God, he makes the rules. Not you, not me, which, although sometimes I'm sure we wish we made the rules, we don't make the rules. God makes the rules. And his word is the final word on the subject. Anyone disagree with that? Don't put up your hand. When we try to write our own scripture and we want it to say what, what we want it to say, it's because it's more convenient for us. It's because it makes life easier for us. But what we're actually doing when you do that is you are rejecting biblical teaching. When you decide to interpret the scripture in a way that you know is not right, but seems like this probably works out to my benefit, you are rejecting biblical teaching. The result of that is that it's a confusing array of, of, of your Bible, and then my Bible, and his Bible, and her Bible, and people all over the world's Bible. And when you put that all together, what do you get? You get a mess. You get something that deviates from the Bible, from the truth. And if we accept that, that everyone has their, their variation, if we accept that, or if we subscribe to that thinking, we are, knowing, we are knowingly or not making ourselves an authority. We're putting ourselves in the place of the one controlling the scriptures. Thereby, therefore, we are trying to make ourselves God. Say what? <laughs> That's effectively what we're doing when we deviate from the Bible and we make it say what works for us. I know many of you out there, both in this room and watching online, I know many of you out there are very, very smart, quite intelligent. I know. But we humans are incredibly underqualified to play the job of Almighty God. 
Amen? John 3, 17. John, uh, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. God establishes the rules. We said that already. Many of those rules are very, very clear to those who have eyes to see and those who have ears to hear and those who are really trying to pay attention and not trying to turn a blind eye to it. And God says very clearly that Jesus is the only way. Amen. That's it. Number two, if all roads lead to heaven, then Christianity is not meaningful. Then it's not meaningful. There's a lot of religions out there that believe that you know, being good, being a good person, is part of the criteria of what it takes to make it to heaven. There's a lot of religions to this day that part of the, 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 the doctrine of that religion talks about being a good person. Being a good person. I want to I suggest to you that you should not focus your attention on heaven equaling being a good person. Because I promise you, it's, it's not going to end up um, with a good result for you. The scriptures do not teach this. The scriptures do not teach this. So living your life with the expectation that simply being a good person will get you into heaven, it totally undermines Christianity. It totally throws Christianity, what it stands for, out the window. It undermines it completely. And believing that other, um, sorry, that other roads can lead to heaven, it rejects the sacrifice of Christ. It rejects the sacrifice of Christ who died on the cross for our sins. It rejects what the Bible says. It rejects our need to share our faith. It rejects the need to, to tell people about Jesus, to spread the gospel. And it rejects the need for worldwide missions. There's a lot of people that have, that have given their lives to spread the gospel. It makes all that unnecessary. They were, they were wasting their time. We already established who makes the laws and who defines the rules. And we've also, we also understand whose standard, whose standard we are compared to. So when we call ourselves good people, and I'm sure most of you here are good people. Most of you. Good people. I'm just joking. You're all good people. But against what standard? Against the standard that we're used to seeing in this world. We're not as bad as the guy who's committing murder. We're not as bad as the person who's, who's robbing a bank. Therefore, we are a good person. That's the standard that, it's, that we, we typically look through. Those are the, the lenses that we look through. But is that the standard that God is, is measuring us against? Not at all. Not at all. God is simply looking at you and saying, do you have sin? 
Have you ever told a lie? Have you ever sinned once in your life? Do you have Jesus? Well, there's, there's the comparison. It has nothing to do with how good a person you feel you are or I feel I am. That's not the standard. We will fail miserably when we, look into, when we, when we compare against God's standard. And I'm sorry to tell you, I kind of wrapped it up. I'm wrapping it up here on that point. But I'm sorry to tell you that you're not as good a person as you think you are. I'm not as good a person as I think I am. In Matthew 7, it says, But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. What does that tell me? Small is, small is the gate and narrows the road. What does that tell me? That tells me that there's a lot of people thinking they're going to heaven that are going to miss the mark completely. That's what that tells me. There's a lot of people walking through this life thinking, I got this. Me and God, we're good. And when that day comes, there's a lot of people, sad to say, that are going to be surprised. They're going to be surprised. They're going to miss the mark completely based on what the Bible says, based on what Scripture tells us. Number three, if all roads lead to heaven, all true believers in Christ are fools. Tens of thousands of people have died for the belief that Jesus is the only way. But if all roads leave or, or to, to heaven, or if there's other paths to heaven, then those people were absolute fools, as were the apostles. They were absolute fools then, as was Jesus himself. If that's true, then Jesus was a fool. Scripture tells us that Christ died a horrific death on the cross. In our place, in your place, in my place, for my sins, for your sins, to pay the penalty that we cannot pay. He did that. He did that to allow us to have the opportunity to enter into heaven. Something that we can't do for ourselves. 1 Peter 3.18, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. Amen. If you believe that all roads lead to heaven or there's multiple paths to heaven, by implication, you're saying that Jesus is a fool for making that sacrifice. You're saying Jesus is an idiot because it was unnecessary for him to die. And effectively, you're calling Jesus a liar. That's what's happening if you truly believe that there's multiple paths. Jesus is a fool. Everyone that believes him is a fool. God was a fool for, for sending this path and, and sacrificing his son, if there's other ways. Number four, believing all roads lead to heaven disregards God's holiness and the purity of heaven. We know that we've all made mistakes, which the Bible calls sin. Right? The Bible calls that sin. Sin separates us from God. Sin separates us from God. Romans 3, for everyone has sinned, we fall short of God's glorious standard. 
right? That comparison I was talking about, we fall short, every single human, we fall short of God's glorious standard. Sin, no matter how small or big, is intolerable to God. He cannot and will not tolerate it. It's incompatible with heaven. I just had this, this thought when I was saying incompatible. How do I, how do I illustrate this? And I found, I found this in the, in, the, in, the, in the kids' room. And I said, oh, look at this. It's a square hole. And a, oh, sorry, a round hole. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And a square block, right? And it doesn't work. It's incompatible. It's like saying, this is heaven. This is sin. Can we marry the two together? Can sin coexist with heaven? It's incompatible. It's incompatible. It's intolerable. It will not work. That's what makes heaven heavenly. That's what makes heaven heavenly. Because the essence of heaven is that it's the pure presence of God. It's the pure presence of God. It's the absence of all sin. It's the absence of all evil. It's just the pure presence of God. Any sin in heaven would ruin heaven. It's, it's pretty simple. Maybe, maybe you've never heard it in that term, but any sin in heaven would ruin heaven. It's incompatible, intolerable. And in, to introduce any impurity would absolutely destroy it. Um, Habakkuk 1.13. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. God will not tolerate any sin. Cannot be in his presence. Jesus, who is God's son, is the only one who could die for our sins. He's the only one that could. He's the only one that could pay the price for us to go to heaven. No matter how good we may be, we've all done wrongs. Amen? Am I the only one? We've all done wrongs or sinned. Those sins cannot be allowed in heaven. We must be forgiven by being born again through Christ. And I'm sure most of you have heard the the story of Nicodemus who was asking about being born again. You can read it if you want to in John 3. Uh, but, but essentially, it's talking about acceptance of Jesus Christ and the, and the, and the overflowing um, newness that comes with accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior and being born again in Christ. Amen? Amen. Number five, believing all roads lead to heaven mocks God's justice. It mocks God's justice. The scripture teaches us that God is the righteous judge. God is completely just. He never gets it wrong. 100%. Deuteronomy 32. The Lord is a mighty rock, and he never does wrong. God can always be trusted to bring justice. No child, no teenager really fully understands their parents' ways when they're a child or when they're a teenager, right? Even though, even though the parents' ways are typically um, for the best for the kid or they're well-intentioned, but most kids, they complain, they question things, 
They try to persuade you to see things their way. Maybe I'm just talking about my own kids. Maybe that doesn't happen to anyone else, but I got my guys trying to persuade me as to why they should get this new video game, why I should pay for it, because it's a good idea. Okay. Um, sometimes they even rebel. I'm not at that stage yet, and I pray I never get to that stage, but it's, this is a common thing with kids. In a very similar way, we don't understand all of God's ways. We can't comprehend everything he does. No human being can. We're far too beneath him to understand everything. We understand what he, what he shares with us and what his word says and that we can interpret. But we can trust that his ways and his actions and his plans are well intended for us. Amen? We can trust that. We know that they're for our good. To some, it may not seem fair that Jesus is the only way. Again, I go back to the fact that I think that's because it seems easier if there's more, if there's more than one way. But some may not see that as being fair. But regardless of how you feel about that, if you feel that it's fair or not, this is one of the things that is pretty straightforward in the Scriptures. The teachings and the Scriptures are very, very clear on the subject. There's really no room for misinterpretation. It's, it's pretty black and white in the Scriptures. My final point today is number six. Believing all roads lead to heaven rejects God's inconceivable love. Let me ask you a question. How many of you think that you are more loving than God? Good. I'm glad no one put your hand, you put your hand up. <laughs> Good. Whew. All right. The scriptures tell us that God is love. God is love. There is no love without God. God is love. And God made the greatest sacrifice for love. That's why he did it. Romans 5.8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. God didn't wait for us to clean up our act. He didn't wait for us to quit that old habit. Stop messing around in this area. He didn't wait for that. While we were still sinners, he offers, he offers the only way. He offers that eternal life option by sending his son. And we talk about God's love and that God is love. And we talk about a God who loves us and a God who cares for us. Um, but, but what's ironic is the same love that he has for you and for me. The same love that caused him to send his son as a sacrifice for you and for me, that same love, well, the rejection of the act of him sending his son, us, you, anyone rejecting that act of love breaks his heart. That breaks his heart because it undermines the indescribable gift of Christ's suffering for our sins. It undermines it. It makes it not that important, like it's not a big deal. That's what that does. In fact, God's inexpressible love causes him to desperately desire 
and wait patiently for everyone to have the opportunity to be saved. God doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to be saved. He wants his heaven full. And he's giving us time. He doesn't, he doesn't, want, he doesn't want anyone to perish and the opportunity is there and he's waiting for you and that includes everyone under the sound of my voice. That includes everyone on this, on this planet. He's waiting for you. 2 Peter 3. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. And that's where we are today. That's what it all boils down to. After you break down all the scriptures, at least the stuff that you can understand, the things that are more straightforward, once you break all that down, once you read between the lines, if you decipher all the code, at the end of it all, the net result, God loves you. God loves you. There's an entire Bible with 66 books in it. And at the end of the day, what they all point to is the fact that God loves you. God loves you. And God wants you. He wants you in heaven. And he wants you on this earth. For some, maybe you still believe that there are multiple ways to heaven. Maybe you still believe that. And maybe it doesn't solely hinge on accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe that's not the only thing I need to do. Maybe I still got to be good. Or maybe I can do this. Or maybe through this religion or through this path. Maybe that's what you're feeling. And if you're right... If you're right about that, and there are multiple ways, there are multiple paths, when I look back at my life, I'd like to say that I live my life with honor, doing my best to make my God proud. And then we all end up in the same happy place after the final curtain call. If you're right. But what if you're wrong? What if I'm right? What if what God's scripture says is what God's God does? Imagine that. What if the laws that he's established and made very clear and given to us in a straightforward manner so we don't have to, we don't have to meditate on it or think about it too hard, but all we have to do is read it in black and white, if it's that clear, what if God actually means what he said? I want to talk to two groups of people. I want to talk to a group of people who have never accepted Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the only road that leads to heaven as their personal Lord and their personal Savior. That's the first group I want to talk to. The second group I want to talk to is those who have accepted Jesus as their Savior, 
but they want to recommit their lives and get back on track starting today. So I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads and to close their eyes. And if you fall into that, category, that, that first category with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you fall into that first category, I've never accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to ask you right where you are as a show of your faith to just push up your hand. I want to see your hand if that's you today. And if you're watching, from on, if you're watching online, right where you are, you put up your hand as well. It's not for me to see. This is for God to see. Okay, now the second group of people, if that's you, and you've, you, know that you know who Jesus is, you know you're not where you need to be, where you should be, and today you want to recommit your life, re-engage with the, with the Father, start your path all over again today. I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand if that's you. See your hands. God sees your hands. For those two groups of people, just say something like this. There's no magic in what I'm saying. It's all about the, the state of your heart. And God is excellent at understanding our heart. Say something like this. Heavenly Father, I thank you today that you accept me just as I am. Lord, I ask that you would come into my life. Lord, that you would change me from the inside out. Father, I thank you for the sacrifice that you made. Lord, I acknowledge today that I need I need a Savior. Lord, I acknowledge today that I know the only way to heaven is through the sacrifice you made. Father, right now I ask that you would forgive me of all my sins, that you'd refresh my spirit, that you would make me a new person in you. I thank you for the work that you will do in me. And I trust you to see it through to completion. Lord, I ask that you would give me the strength and the courage and the boldness to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.